With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. If my voice sounds jovial today, it's because the Devils have made me happy yet again this season. After a tough December, it seems that the turn of the calendar has helped them out supremely as they are currently 5-1-1 in January. And John Fisher is here to join me to talk about the resurgence of this team. And maybe it's not even a resurgence because they've been this good on the road all season long, John. Absolutely, Dan. And resurgence is true in the sense from an offensive sense because the goal scoring has been back it's been uh, varied fa- that's most important too very too um you know so far in the month of january after a slumping december the devils have scored at least three goals in every single one of their games and obviously since they won their last three games uh they outscored their opposition by scoring at least four against a goaltender and five at least five goals total so mm-hmm. the the offense is back Dan the goal scoring the finishing the plays the shots and just as you said the diversity in scoring is back yeah we had a um a couple of uh, maybe not a couple but a first career goal happened yesterday but let's start with the most important game of the three I would argue uh in the divisional matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes because going into this game the Devils were uh looking up at them in the standings but again road team Different than how they played Carolina at home. They they lost to them twice. Uh, and listen, it's it's a different story, but they came back to win this game, which was especially important after they did the same thing against the Rangers. It's two divisional games in a row where they came back from two goal deficits and won the game. That's You're going to look back at that two-game stretch and say, if they end up doing significant damage in the postseason, you can point to that and say that's where things turn back around. Absolutely. And I would even argue this comeback was more impressive um, because Carolina absolutely flexed on the Devils for the first two periods. Uh, and Carolina... their power play. Oh, oh, goodness. OK, so first, Carolina is the best five on five team in hockey. The Devils are actually been right up there this season, but Carolina has made a point. Has This has been their calling card for the past several years that in five on five, Carolina is just going to make her life miserable. And the, they absolutely did that to the Devils. Anytime the defensemen on Carolina were able to you know, plant themselves at the points, you know, there are a lot of 40, 50, 60 second shifts in the devil's end of the rink. Yeah. Uh, Vetek Vanacek had to play a great game um, in net. And for the first two periods, he was really the only guy that was really um, excelling as the devils were really struggling to get much going against Peter Kochetkov. Um, and of course the power play, the devil's power play was a negative 
a terrible negative. Yeah, um, especially that second unit. That second unit, the first unit did somewhat of a job holding the puck in the zone, but mm-hmm. man, that second unit was an absolute black hole the entire night. Right. So, okay. So the game opens. Right. The, the Carolina is pressing, pressing, pressing. Devils get a power play. All right. First, the the second unit gives up a um, a shot opportunity. Vanacek covers it for 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 a faceoff. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's the defensive zone faceoff. First off, Mister Eric Halla, Mister I'm playing with Jack Hughes because I can win faceoffs, gets thrown out of the faceoff dot, and Andrej Palat has to take the draw. This may shock you, Dan. He didn't win it. Mm-hmm. Second, Damon Severson, for some inexplicable reason, is lined up in the corner as if, you know, he, he's in a position to defend somebody if, you know, Carolina wins the faceoff. Mm-hmm. And Eric Halla is at the hash mark. His man is supposed to cover Jasperi Kakenemiev, who's in the slot, right? Well, Nekos wins the faceoff. The puck gets moved around a little bit. Halla drops back, so he's covering air, and Kakenemiev is wide open. Kat Kaniemi gets the puck and scores. Yeah. See, that's the, and that's the most fun of the two shorthanded goals the Devils allowed. And yes, they allowed two. Um, that one was more frustrating because defensive, you know, face-off situations are like set plays in soccer. You practice those. You have ideas about what you're supposed to do if you win and what you do if you lose the draw. And there's a reason why in defensive zone draws, you'll see sometimes see the defending team put two players in the slot so this way, you don't see exactly what just happened happen. But yep. the Devils did that. They go down one nothing, and thankfully, a yeah. luck some luck goes the Devils' way. When Jonas Siegenthaler takes a fairly unassuming shot at Kotkechkov and celebrates, and everyone's like, "Huh?" And it turns out Jonas Siegenthaler literally put the puck in just over the line yep. inside the right post, and, and he almost did it again yesterday. He did. <laughs> this this one got reviewed. Siegenthaler celebrated this one, and it turned out he was right. Um, and I, honestly, looking at the Kings game one, I think that one might have been in two, but it was a little less convincing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think based on the pathway of it, that was probably a goal as well, though luckily they didn't need it. But, man, right. that was a big tying goal for the Devils at the moment. It was, came yeah. from a highly unexpected source. That was Siegenthaler's, what, third goal of the season? Second. Second goal of the season? Okay. Yeah. So in the second period, you, Devils are in a good position. They're down 1-1 despite being dominated. In the second period, they get dominated some more, and they go down 3-1. First, Max Pacioretty gets some luck. He goes down low. He he lobs a puck towards the front of the net, trying to find Seth Jarvis at the right post. Mm-hmm. Uh, the puck hits off Yegor Sharangovich's shoulder and drops into the net. And then later in the second period, the Devils have a power play, and um, a turnover happens, and Tevo Teravainen and Sebastian Ahu rush up ice in a two-on-one against Dougie Hamilton. Hamilton covers nobody. Mm-hmm. Teravainen passes it to Ajo for an easy tap-in. See, that one is still bad, but that one's easily correctable. It's pick somebody. Yeah. Pick a player. You know, blanket them. You know, let the goalie take one person, and then, you you know, you take the other. Mm-hmm. But you got to pick somebody. You can't just pick nobody. Anyway, well, so you're down. Again, being disoriented on the power play. So you're down 3-1. You just gave up your second shorthanded goal of the night. All signs are you're already getting outplayed on the ice. All signs are looking or pointing to you're going to lose this game. Well, against a team that had just had a long win streak snapped against uh the Rangers a rivals, few yeah. days before. Exactly. So Carolina had every reason to want to get a, another W, a third W over the Devils this season. Mm-hmm. And they were in a good position to do so. And then 
a miracle happen to him. Mm. Carolina stopped playing defense for like a minute. Yes. It was awesome. I mean, this is usually the kind of minute that happens against the Devils, but in this minute, Dawson Mercer was spectacular. He oh, yeah. uh he he had himself a fantastic game, uh, cutting in through all sorts of players in the defensive zone. And it was kind of weird how they all just dropped coverage on him as soon as he went behind the net because he managed to just take it from the corner, walk out in front, basically uncontested, and push it through Kachekov's legs. With a backhander through the five hole. Weird. And then on the next shift, the next shift. <coughs> the, uh, as they're f- explaining uh, Dawson Mercer and praising him for his amazing effort, he's still on the ice. That's right. Lindy Ruff, um, as he put it after the game, inadvertently put Dawson Mercer with Michael McLeod and Jesper Bogfist mm-hmm. because the previous lines were getting their butts whipped. So obviously a change was happening. I think Lindy's lying. I think he knew what he was doing. Mm. Um Mercer hey, has the puck. Worked out great. <laughs> Mercer has the puck in the neutral zone after McLeod won the opening faceoff. A defenseman falls, and Jesper Bokvis is wide open mm-hmm. down, you know, by the right circle. So Mercer passes it to Bokvis. Bokvis cuts in, goes backhander five hole on Kachekov. Yep. It's three to three. Going <laughs> into the third. Carolina has done everything but dominate this game. And, and in many metrics, they did dominate this game, and it's three to three. You're 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 like the Devils just need to win one period to take this game. And guess what, Dan? They did. They, won- they did. They they played much better in the third period. Mercer had another heroic moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game was on ESPN Plus and Hulu. So Kevin Weeks, who already was giving Kachekov the business, saying you know maybe he should have been pulled because earlier in the game, Jack Hughes hit a post, Jesper B- Bratt hit a post on an empty net. Um, but the Devils are at 3-3. Dawson Mercer splits the D and then goes around and takes a tumble as he scores the go-ahead goal. Bobby Orr's it. But he Bobby <laughs> Orr's it or Dinah Zubers is it if he yeah. gets a somersault afterwards. And the Devils are just, you know, responding very well to Carolina. Vanacek is stopping everything because the goals against him weren't really goals that he had much of a chance on. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kochekov really just had a bad night. And Nico Heischer seals up the game with an ENG. It's a 5-3 win in rally, and you're like, whoa, the Devils finally beat Carolina. Hey, yeah. the Devils are now within a couple points of first place again. And hey, Carolina just lost their fourth in a row. It, it felt like that Pittsburgh game was when they started to really recapture that identity. Yeah. Um, and it, it's showing now in this week that they're really finding ways to keep it close when they have to and reading the flow of games much better as well. And situational goaltending, I can't praise it enough for this stretch. Yeah. There have been a lot of moments where these scores are pretty lopsided coming up against these uh, West Coast teams, but they were easily within range of being much, much closer. It was timely goaltending from both Vanacek and Blackwood yesterday to make this streak possible. And so the Devils take the game in Carolina which was a great sign. And they go into a game against Anaheim uh, who, you know, for all reasons, the Devils should soundly destroy. And so they did. Uh, the Devils basically were the Globetrotters in Anaheim. They they pretty much were doing whatever they wanted through the middle of the ice, through the corners, on the power play, penalty kill, what have you. Um, they did give up a power play goal at the end to Trevor Zegers, but man, it just looks such, it looked like such a comfortable win out there. 
Anaheim sucks, Dan. That's really the long and short of it. Yeah, like Anaheim, like you may look at their lineup to a player and go, how are they this bad? And part of the reason is John Gibson has been awful. Mm -hmm. But another part of it is that these guys just do, like they played so slowly in this game. Like Anaheim looked like they were in preseason mode. There were guys who had the pucks on their stick and they were just carrying it and they just lost it. Like no, no pressure, no stick check, no, you know, quote unquote, you know, man running at them, no freight train coming, no hoof beats from the back. They just straight up lost pucks. They just had some awful puck movement. And the Devils... Devils gave the fans a show. Yeah, like I would say that for the most part, even though Vanacek did play and did have a lot of work to do, he had to stop 33 shots. He had 16 to fit and face in the second period, 11 in the third. Um, But Anaheim really only had like five or six good minutes against the Devils. And... At no point did they really threaten to make a game of it. Um, You know, the first period really set the tone. Like, Dougie Hamilton takes a shot. Gibson gloves it and then throws the puck back out to Hamilton. Mm. And Hamilton slams in the rebound. A little over two minutes later, Jesper Brack gets a breakaway, one of several for the Devils in this game. He, He scores on Gibson. Jack Hughes... I thought Nico Heischer got this goal, but apparently Jack Hughes's pass went off Simon Benoit and went into the net. So Jack Hughes gets the goal. That mm. was a power play goal. You're up three nothing. It could have been much much worse, and then it did get worse as Jesper Bratt uh, caught uh, Gibson hesitating at the left post. So he wrapped around for a backhander uh, wrap around, a delicious wrap, as Chico Resch would like to say. Yeah, it was real uh, nice. Not as but delicious. Also- not as delicious as a Clarkson wrap, but delicious all the same for a four nothing lead. Terrible goaltending. The only real mistake was um, Eric Halla decided to turn into try to be Jack Hughes for a moment, carried the puck out to the top of the zone, loses it to Troy Terry. He goes off on a breakaway. Terry misses the net, tries to pile the rebound, and then Henrik actually does pile in the rebound. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Ducks looked like an actual NHL hockey team for like five or so minutes and threatened to, you know, make a game of it but uh-huh. Manichek made sure that wasn't going to happen and it really definitely didn't happen when in the third period Jesper Volk just gets sprung for a breakaway scores a scores a goal and then the next couple shifts you see Miles you saw goodness Eric Hall get a breakaway I want to say Miles Wood got a breakaway early in the game like the Devils were just ripping apart the Anaheim Ducks they were just ripping them apart and even after Zegers has got his power play goal Sharon Govich wins a puck and threads a pass that Jack Hughes hits it one touch right in front of Gibson to make it 6-2 I mean, they just they just buried was, the, the ducks. It, it was easy. Them. It wasn't like it really felt like an exhibition, honestly. Yeah, like the ducks are goodness. The ducks are just awful, and it's one of those cases where again, you you look at that team and you go, they have Troy Terry, they have Trevor Zegers, they have Adam Henrique, they have you know Shattenkirk, Fowler, Kulikov. But I think the harsh reality is that. One, some of these guys are just not as good as you think they are. I certainly did. I certainly got a rude awakening to how bad Gibson has become. Because mm-hmm. Anaheim has given up the most goals in the NHL, Dan. They've given yeah. up 181 goals. John, they've uh, won like two regulation games at home. Yeah, they, they are one of the, like, they're 8-13-1 and one at home. So, like, they can drag games into overtime and get, get Ws there and in the shootout. But, man, they are awful i hope yep. they get Connor bedard partially because i don't want to see Connor bedard in the east yep but, that'd be but nice. that that team needs something more special than trevor zegris i i don't know exactly what it is it's probably in the 2023 draft class them or Chicago, that team right but they they need they need a goaltending upgrade they need 
they need a lot of help. It's more, they're not just like one player away. And no. then they go, then they go and play a more difficult opponent on Saturday night, Dan. So they uh, go back to back again and go into LA. They basically go down the street over to, uh, what is it? Crypto.com arena, Ugh. whatever it's called now. And they face the LA Kings. And for the ninth straight game, the LA Kings get the first goal of the game. Um, uh, I was watching the LA Kings broadcast. If you're curious about that, uh, just because there was no available streams for the devil's one, but the uh, LA Kings broadcast emphasized that they did a lot of first goal scoring and uh, the winning didn't match quite as much as they would have liked it to. And it matched as much as we would have liked it to yesterday. Cause despite the fact that the Kings scored first, uh, the devils would match that right after. And that first period, um, Ended up being pretty closely fought, although I do think the Kings had the substantial amount of control. Oh, absolutely. Like they outshot the Devils 15 to six. Mm-hmm. This one, this one, I had a suspicion was going to be what you call a schedule loss because LA came into this game. Their previous game was like Wednesday. So they came into this game fairly fresh, whereas the Devils, yes, they obliterated Anaheim and were able to limit their minutes appropriately, but you're still playing a full hockey game. Like mm-hmm. you're still coming off of playing a game the previous night and it really showed because the devils looked sloppy and sluggish whereas the kings were much sharper and really pushed play in their direction so they definitely had the run of play in their favor and worse is that they put Mackenzie blackwood as starter i would have thought that you would have flipped it you give blackwood the game against the awful ducks and the playoff bound kings you give that game to vanacek but blackwood was re- he, he looked slow early on, but he was actually really sharp and making a lot of stops. Mm-hmm. The one goal that beat him was an absolute dime from Adrian Kempe to Kevin Fiala at the back post. Yeah, total backdoor play. Nobody picked up Fiala. I know it's easy to yell at Damon Severson because he was technically the closest man within forty feet of Fiala. But, but you but saw no- him; his head was on a swivel. He's looking no, but- everywhere. Like it's, yeah, it's no, no, sneaky. nobody. That was that was a classic. All four guys forgot about the fact that the other team had five guys on the ice. Like that's yeah. that's a whole penalty kill failure. It's not just Severson. And I can live and, with that. Right. And you can't blame Blackwood because Fiala was backdoor. It was just like it was behind him. But the Devils get a response from the from their own power play uh, where Nico he, uh, Hughes took a shot. He sure apparently got a touch. And then Tatar slams in the rebound for his 10th goal of the season. Mm-hmm. Ties it up at 1-1. You're thinking, okay, good. You didn't play a good per- first period. You're sluggish. It's clear that you played last night, but you're at 1-1. That's a, that's a good situation. And then we got to see firsthand that Jonathan Quick is worse than John Gibson. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Dan, he had a bad game. Do you want me to go through this? Because I yeah. want to go through this. Okay. Yeah, you go, because that was – I mean, this is not the Jonathan Quick. That's the reason that the LA Kings are in a playoff spot right now. No. It's Phoenix Copley at 12-2 and two is mainly the reason that's happening. But and even – his numbers Man. aren't that great either, but, the but Kings, Quick's numbers were bad. They were worse than Blackwood's, and we saw why. Yeah, like for all the complaints the past couple seasons of, oh, if only the Devils had league average goaltending. Well, the Kings don't have league average goaltending, and they're still in a playoff spot. But, of course, they're at risk of losing that playoff spot if they don't get their acts together and fix that soon because Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson are not helping them out, and Copley isn't that much better. Like his numbers are statistically better, but he's not like significantly better, mm-hmm. but, it, but this game really begged the question, why didn't Copley get this game? Uh, because in the second period, Eric Halla leads a two on one Dan. Eric Halla, Eric Halla, Eric Halla, Mr. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm going to find every way to not score leads a two on one takes it himself straight up torches quick with a wrister 
And I don't even know what Quick was trying to stop. Like, I don't know if he tried to jump or stand or something, but like he cut up, he came out to come up right across the angle, but Hall just made it look, made him look stupid. And of course, Eric Hall scores his third of the season. It's two to one. And then the Kings tie it up later because Miles Wood took a stupid as stupid, stupid, stupid uh, fucking penalty in the offensive zone. Can I just say he's been terrible? Miles Wood. He has done nothing in about three weeks. Miles Wood has not scored a goal in over a month. Miles Wood is not giving you any energy. Occasionally he'll draw some calls, which can be helpful. But when he takes penalties like this, it makes you realize this is a, this is a guy the Devils really should consider moving on from. He's he's what I like to call a luxury winger. In that, you know, it you may appreciate Wood for a bunch of different things, but mm-hmm. it's not really essential. It's not essential for you succeeding or not. Anyways, the Kings punish Wood's penalty when Drew Doughty um, takes a long shot, gets tipped in by Kopitar. Um, keep in mind, Blackwood is making a lot of tough saves, so you really can't fault the deflection there. But fortunately, Quick says, I'm going to be, be even worse. So the Devils rush up ice on the um, about a minute later. Jack Hughes drops a pass to Andrzej Palat. Palat drops it back to Nikita Akutyuk. Akutyuk takes the puck from the center point, goes for a jaunt down to the right circle, or Quick's right, and fires a harmless shot that somehow beat Quick. Yeah. You know it's bad when the beat writers and, and the guys <clears throat> who just cover the games are saying, that's a bad goal to allow. Because mm-hmm. that means that was a hideous goal to allow. That's Akutyuk's first goal of the season, not his first goal as an NHL player. Technically, yeah, he did score one last year. Fun fact, though, it is Andres Palat's first assist as a New Jersey Devil. Came at a good time. Very good time. So already the Kings are thinking you are pushing play. We just tied it up. Now you're down 3-2 because Quick gave up a howler, as, as our British friends would say. And then it gets worse. Um, Siegenthaler nearly scores the same way he did in Carolina. <laughs> yeah. This led to a long review. Now, I didn't think it was going to be a goal because Siegenthaler did not react at all. Whereas in Carolina... He's, his hands are in the air. He's pointing. He's appealing to the referee. Like I scored, I scored. Uh, I don't know if it's because quicks pads were black at the bottom and therefore it's very hard to see where a black puck would be over the line. Mm -hmm. And the best look that they had on the MSG broadcast and just showed the puck that was still technically on the pink, on the the reddish line. So that means no goal. It wasn't even that. It was just the best angle. I think that you could have seen it at the exact moment that was crucial to seeing it over the line was blocked by an LA player's stick. It was exactly. it was like frame perfect how it obscured the view. So yeah, it's inconclusive. I'd say if that was going yeah. against the devils, I would say there's no way that it's taking this much time and there's no way that could be conclusive. Yeah. So, so anyway, and, and that's how the refs announced it. Like the refs didn't say no goal. The puck never crossed the line. It was, there's no conclusive evidence, which means I think, the, I, I think Toronto even said it might have gone in, but we have no way of proving it, which mm-hmm. is fine because a little bit later, Ryan Graves takes a long slap shot on a bouncing puck. Yep. The puck bounces uh, live. I thought he sure tipped this in, but apparently no Graves uh, shot went clean through. Maybe went off a, a, a King stick. It's now four to two. And now, now the Devils are getting outplayed mostly because the Kings are chasing the game and Blackwood is holding up really, really well. Uh, the Devils come out pretty good in the to start the third period and they played much like in Anaheim. They play, I'm sorry, unlike Anaheim, like Carolina, they played much better in the third period. However, there was a point of contention, a turning point, if you will, 
where Brendan's where Kevin Fiala gets a breakaway and, mm. and Brendan Smith decides I'm going to hook this man down. I think I think Fiala may have sold it a little bit, but they yeah, award but, the you know. they award the penalty shot. So it's four two. Kevin Fiala, who already has a goal, Kevin Fiala, who has 16 other goals this season, gets a penalty shot in a four two game. So clearly he he converts this all of a sudden. The the nature of the game is changed. Yep. Blackwood comes up with the big pad save. Yep, and another one later too. And another one. Yeah. He, 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 Blackwood was very sharp in this game. The big mm-hmm. cr- criticism with Blackwood, as I said in our last time we talked about him, was that he's inconsistent. However, he was easily good Blackwood tonight. And he was about a million times better than Jonathan Quick in this game. Mm-hmm. And he made a lot of important saves early on, similar to the uh, Carolina game where they need Ivanichek to be really good to keep Carolina away in the game. And the Devils were able to hold on. Jesper Brett puts in the ENG. It's another 5-2 win. You you swept the week. You beat two playoff quality teams. Oh, yeah. You're, you're now two points behind Carolina with 59 points. You're third in the NHL uh, in, the, in the overall standings. You're 17-2-1 on the road for to have now officially the best record, road record in hockey right now. Yeah, it's the best road record in hockey history through half a season, by the way. Exactly. The devil, like, I, I know the question keeps coming up is how are the devils doing it? The only thing I can really think of, Dan, that makes some logical sense beyond, you know, oh, they're wearing the LeGrand coffee cup uh, ad on their helmets because mm-hmm. they had that last year and that didn't help them. Um, the best way I can possibly guess it, and I'm just reaching for grasping for an explanation here is I feel like on the road, because they don't have the last line change, because they're not in a familiar climate, they're not on a familiar rink. They they have to be more focused. Like there's an emphasis on we need to pay more attention to details. We need to be a little more conservative. We need to be a little more mindful. I think it. I think there's been some good fortune in their cases. Like the goaltending, especially this past week, has been really really good. Mm-hmm. Like case in point in the LA game. If you indulge me for a moment here, uh, the Kings. You know, if you look at the XG, yeah. You know, in all situations, the Kings were expected to score 4.6 goals. Now, obviously, you can't score 4.6 goals, but they had 37 scoring chances. They had 17 high danger chances. They had 37 shots overall. Blackwood let up two, and you can't really fault him for the two because one of them was literally by a guy behind him, and the second was a deflection. Like Blackwood made a lot of important stops, including that penalty shot. Whereas the Devils are getting better fortune on the road with respect to shooting it. They're not like the best shooting team in the league, but they're, they're, they're above the league median and they're finishing their chances better, which again is something that we have seen throughout this entire month so far. Now that we're at the halfway point of January, which is good. And now that the, now after a crummy December, Dan, the devils have already won this road trip because they're going to, you know, they have two more games left on it. They have three wins. They're going to get the worst home team in hockey. Mm-hmm. It's facing the best road team in hockey you have to walk away with this with the win right you have to t- take these points because this is a rare opportunity to to take them yes and you want to get that points uh because later in the week they only play two games this coming week uh because the road trip is, is gonna end unfortunately it's against seattle who is the hottest team in hockey right now with eight wins in a row By seven the way, straight road wins yeah, like Seattle is the other hot road team right now. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, Carolina also has been really good on the road too. 
Um, yeah. But a lot of their games have gone to extra time. But Seattle has been on a heater. Seattle is, I think, almost wants to send a thank you card to the Devils because thanks to their recent win and the Kings losing to the Devils, mm-hmm. They now own second place in the Pacific, and they have four games in hand on LA. So, well, they can take the Devils for more than that because the Devils are nine zero and zero against the Pacific Division this year as well. Right. So, I mean, if if you, and they haven't played you, Seattle, yes. Yeah, so, if you want to pencil in, you know, if are the Devils going to lose a game anytime soon? Uh, I don't want to say they're going to lose at home because that will make me sad. Um, <laughs> but that would probably be the game in Seattle because Seattle is just on fire right now. It's the end of the trip. If you drop that game, who's going to be really mad about you? Because Seattle's been creaming everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that being oh, said, just a fun stat I just found as well, looking at um, the LA Kings situation and goal. They are a playoff team currently, but of the top 20 teams by, in the NHL by uh, points percentage right now, only them and the St. Louis Blues have a negative goal differential, by the way. And St. Louis is only barely in it, too. St. Louis is 19th of 20 teams. They have a negative 20 goal differential. L.A. is 9th of the uh, the 20 teams that I sectioned this standings off at. And they have a negative 3 surrounded by plus 33, plus 28, plus 27, plus 23 immediately below them. And, so, that, and that goal differential is actually worse because that's buttressed by the shootout record because you, yes. you get a goal. So it's actually a negative uh, 6 because they're 4-1-1 yeah. one, one in shootouts. So there you go. Uh, Paper Tiger, if you've ever seen one. Well, not only that, but if I'm L.A., I am calling Carolina right now for a goaltender because Frederick Anderson just came back for them. Yeah. And Piotr Kachetkov, he played great. Not against the Devils, thankfully, but he's been playing great hockey while he's been injured. And Antti Ranta had his own shutout streak, and he's been playing good hockey. You got three quality goaltenders in Carolina. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they can't keep all of them. If I'm L.A., I am calling Carolina for a goaltender right now because that's almost like the one obvious thing that they need to fix. Because if they're going to try to go into this playoff situation or go down the stretch run um, with, you know, Copley, Peterson and Quick, they might end up on the outside. Because now that Calgary and Edmonton are winning more games, that Pacific division is a little tighter than it appears to be. And um, so... Fix your goaltending because it was real bad against the Devils and it's been real bad against a lot of other teams. Mm -hmm. All right. So the games we mentioned coming up for the Devils, uh, again, they're going to face San Jose in San Jose. They're moving, uh, moving on to come back home and face the Seattle Kraken. (sighs) I'm nervous about that one, John. I'm just nervous about it. But regardless, they've found a way to, um, reestablished their hold on their place in the standings in the Metropolitan Division. They've found a way to uh, start stringing more wins together again as other teams have started to lose their streak. So things are pretty good in Devil's World now that we're f- firmly in 2023. So hopefully they can keep up this good run. And again, it's nice to see a team taking advantage of their schedule. It's nice to see a team actually winning games that they're supposed to win. And yes. In the past, we've looked back at those games like Anaheim and said, well, this is a moment where the Devils, if they have to get it right, get it right here. No, this is a status quo, but deservedly winning a game against an inferior opponent. Yeah, you don't want to be a team like Washington who lost two straight to Philadelphia, or mm-hmm. you don't want to be a team like Detroit who's fighting for a wild card spot. And, you know, they just lost to Columbus like oh, Colorado look, look, lost to Chicago. 
Yeah. Well, Colorado also just laid waste to Ottawa. So they're, that's true. You know, but the point, the larger point is, is that the Devils are in a good position that even if you know you have that spoiler loss to San Jose or you get creamed by Seattle, like you don't immediately lose your spot mm-hmm. as long as you don't turn into Pittsburgh and start losing games, you know, in a row, because that's that's kind of the big fear. And, and, and Carolina has also just recently went through this as well. I mean, shortly after the Devils beat them, Carolina, you know crushed columbus and then they edged out pittsburgh so they're they're solidly back at first although the devils are right behind them Um, devils have the second longest win streak in the league right now only behind seattle's eight so yeah it's all to play for it's all uh it's all getting in a good place i I just hope it doesn't get interesting enough for them to miss the playoffs i hope the only interest they have towards the end of the season is seeding um well the devils are doing the things now to do that and honestly would a lower seed even hurt them when they're this good on the road i don't know well i would say just be careful what you wish for that's yeah, all I'll true. Say about that. it's true now now i do want to close this out by giving a shout out to our friends in utica mm-hmm. for utica uh they just had their streak snap but they they had something like a 12 game point streak nice. that has taken the comments out from the basement of the north division up to second place in the north division with 44 points and they apparently just absolutely and i mean absolutely um stunned their opponents last night their opponents in as i look this up because i want to get this right because something also amazing happened something i would never have predicted mm. where is it ah they played bridgeport the bridgeport islanders at uh on the road in connecticut because the comments you know not only won five one dan mm-hmm but the goals included a brace from Mason Geertsen. Oh my God. And then Andrew, <laughs> and, and when Mason Geertsen is getting goals and mind you, he just had a long suspension uh, just recently end uh, as he was given six ga- an automatic six games for, you know, leaving, leaving the bench for a fight because mm-hmm. Mason Geertsen is an idiot. Uh, but you, you know, you, even Utica is feeling the heat right now. They just crushed Bridgeport five to one. So even though they recently lost the game, you know, they, they got points in 13 of their last 14 games to go back into a playoff position in their division. They're getting goals from Geertsen, Johnson, Simon Nemich got a goal, mm-hmm. which is always nice to see. So he's obviously back from the world juniors and making good plays. And, um, you know, credit to Utica, you know, it's right now, it's a good time for the organization and they, they, just like the devils, the comments have now put themselves in a position where, you know, yes, it's a grind in the AHL, absolutely a grind. You know, you can't really take any days off with how many games you have to play so close to each other, but they put themselves in a position where, you know, they control more of their own destiny rather than having to uh, hope for help, like mm-hmm. teams lower in the division, like the Pittsburgh and the Islanders in the NHL and in the AHL teams like, well, the Bridgeport. Uh, not Bridgeport, uh, teams like the Laval Rocket, the Cleveland Monsters, the Belleville Senators, and their opponents on Monday, the Syracuse Crunch. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good on Utica. I mean, it's just better when the organization's winning throughout. It seems to trickle through. And I, I don't think it's an accident that a lot of the players who are responsible for their success over the past two seasons over in Utica um, have made it onto the main squad. I, I think it's it's not surprising, really. So, Good to see that manifesting now and good to see the Devils thriving and they look to continue to do so uh, tomorrow in San Jose at time of recording. But thank you all for joining us for another episode of Garden State of Hockey and thank you as always for listening. 
We'll end it how we always do with a hearty, let's go Devils. Go Devils. See you next time. Bye.